everybody. Welcome to the High Quality Fun Podcast. Today I have Bethany on. Go figure. I went to college with her, just like everybody else I've had on the show. Um, we both went to Michigan Tech, and uh, we're going to be talking about competitive bike racing today. Uh, I see her stuff all the time on Instagram, and she's just, it seems to be everywhere, racing almost every weekend, and just talking with her a little bit in this intro. I've already learned a lot, so I'm excited to dive into this and share a little bit about some of the stuff that she's done. Bethany, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to get into this. Uh, you're doing something that I didn't even know half existed, <laughs> I feel like. Um, so yeah, we, we can uh, we can just dive right in. Um, you have been biking all sorts of different styles around the world and everything. Uh, how did you get into biking? I got into biking when I was maybe like eight or nine, something like that. I used to tandem mountain bike race with my dad when I was younger. There was a few um, series in Michigan. There was a time trial and then a championship point series. So I did that when I was younger. And then um, I regrettably did not get into mountain biking when I was at Tech. Um, but I got back into it when I graduated and as like a way to try to get to meet people because I moved uh, to a city that I didn't know anybody. So I was like, oh, I'll join a group ride or something. And so consequently enough, I found my people. <laughs> so I uh, so I got back into it and really got like, just dived right in. So I also did not ride. I, I think I went twice. We rented the mountain bikes up at our college and they actually had a ton of mountain biking trails up there. It was a blast, but I kind of wish I had a bike up there and got more into it up there because of all the trails that they did have. But I also yeah, wasn't up there a lot in the summers. I've been up there since and I've like I've raced Copper Harbor um, and I've camped up there and ridden all, a lot up there. So it's kind of cool to like see it now and like actually be able to like ride it on some decent equipment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a bike at like while we were there, but I like, I got in, I got in a bad accident my junior year and face planted pretty bad. So then we were just re resorted to walking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you broke the bike or broke your face? I broke my face. <laughs> I might remember that. I feel like you came through the house one day and you were all beat up. Yeah, yeah, we had a we had an event that evening too. I was like, I'm gonna set this one out, guys. I may I may remember that. That's that's funny. I, I feel the same way about snowboarding too, because up there we had a, a snowboarding hill, but we also it, it was meh, and then we had Mount Bohemia a little farther mm -hmm. north, and that was just amazing. We're actually gonna go uh, this winter. We just bought our season passes. Oh, nice. uh, we try to go every year. It's it's fantastic, but I did not know about that or never went in college, and I kind of regret that. <laughs> um, yeah. So what? Just to start off and kind of give the audience a sense of everything, it seems like you've traveled quite a bit with biking. So maybe you can kind of tell us about some of the different events and different locations that you've you've taken this. So we um, in the last few years four or five years. We've gone to um, Colorado a couple times, one for Steamboat Gravel or SBT Gravel um, in Steamboat Springs. And then we've gone to Leadville a couple times. Uh, my fiance's uh, 
raced that race, which is a pretty famous race in the mountain biking world. And then this last year we went out to Wyoming and South Dakota. And then we've also been to Kentucky and North Carolina and then even down to Florida. That's, that's a lot. And then you were also saying you, you mentioned mountain biking, gravel racing. I know you post a lot of road biking. What are the different types of events that you're doing when you're traveling to each of these locations? So we do road racing, um, mountain biking, and like you said, gravel. So Steamboat Springs was gravel. Uh, our Wyoming trip was gravel. Um, we've uh, gone to Wisconsin a few times for some crit series and um, some omniums and such, and then a little bit in St. Louis for some road racing as well. Is gravel just road biking on rougher terrain? Is it a hybrid between kind mountain of, biking and road racing? Kind of like, so if you think about the bikes, uh, road a road bike is like very stiff. And if you move just a little bit, you twitch a little bit, it responds right away. Uh, mountain biking, if you move a little bit, it's got some forgiveness to it. So it doesn't respond quite as quickly. Um, and you're also a little bit more upright. And then gravel bikes kind of like the middle ground between the two. It's not quite as twitchy as a road bike, but it's not as lax as a mountain bike. Um, but you also have drop bars, which like are the like curly bars, um, as opposed to like a flat bar for a mountain bike. So it's kind of that in between. So it gives, it's a little more su supple than a road bike, but not quite as cushiony as a mountain bike. But there are ways around that because Franken bikes are becoming a thing of like, uh, a category on their own so drop bar bike drop bar handlebars on a mountain bike frame it's been seen in the professional racing side of things a couple times it's people getting to experiment so it's kind of cool is there is there restrictions on what your bike has to be when you're doing these different events gravel not so much um road racing does have a little bit more kind of stipulations i don't think in the u.s i mean at the higher levels it does like there's weight and stuff that's it can't be below i don't know 13 14 pounds or something like that i'm like my bike doesn't weigh that much anyway or weighs more than that anyways um but i'm not i think for some disciplines yes but i'm not sure Okay. And then how many different bikes do you have if you're doing all these different <laughs> events? Or is that a, am I not allowed to ask that? Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like always. You have more money in bikes than your house. Um, yeah, I think between my fiance and I, we have um, almost 10 bikes. So like when we go to a road event, I take two bikes um, and he'll have a bike and then a spare set of wheels. Um, so I have like three mountain bikes, two road bikes and a gravel bike. So I have a full suspension, a single speed, and then a hard tail mountain bike. And then my gravel bike. And then I have a, a trainer bike and then a race bike for road. Okay. That's fun. Now, are you competing in every single one of these? And then I want you to explain what crit racing is because this is the first time i've really heard about that um i'm not so so my fiance and i have different like we have different likes in regards to racing 
Um, so some of the ridiculously long stuff, like he, he says his threshold is eight hours of racing. And I'm just like, I'm here for whatever, <laughs> like an hour, 15 hours, 22 hours. Like I'm here for all of it. So um, why we'll do, I'll do the shorter things um, in regards to road racing and then some of the longer uh, events. And then when it comes to crit racing, those are, as you go up through the categories, the, the time gets longer. So it's time-based and then they wait two or three laps before they tell you how many laps you're going to do until like, if you're racing for an hour, they'll give you two, three laps to determine how many more laps you have to do to like meet just shy of that hour. Um, so it could be anywhere from 50 laps to 45 or 30, but it's, there's a lap counter at the start finish. Um, so you, you start, sorry, I have cats <laughs> and they're fighting. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I hope you don't hear that. Um, so you start the race and it's very much, they try to get the crowd involved as well. Um, with crit racing, which is why like as a community event, it's pretty cool. Um, because like you see the racers every lap. Um, and they also do things called preems, which sometimes they're money, uh, money, or they could, if it's a series, then it could be points. Um, so it gets the people racing to want to like go towards these things or like kind of break up the field or just like pump it up a little bit more. So like one of the races in Wisconsin, like one of their premiums was like $1,500. Like <laughs> what? nothing motivates you more than like money at that point. And I mean, I've recouped a lot of my entry fees by just going and racing for the preems and just going for the sprint money. Cause I'm just like, I'm racing alone. I don't have a team. Like I'm just going to go grab money if I'm traveling here just to get it. And then you just kind of, it's like grand prix style racing on a four corner crit or sometimes they're in some fun neighborhoods and come up with some interesting courses or they put a really steep hill there, and that always is fun. But so it's it's pretty much just uh, it's lap racing, right? And the the shape of the yeah. course can be whatever. I, as silly as it is, I'm thinking of like F1 racing. Yeah, it's about like I want to say a six six tenths of a mile to about one point two miles long is like the distance of one lap. So once you start getting above a mile, then it kind of becomes more of a circuit as opposed to a crit, and then it's like more flowy in sorts so like they'll race on like autobahn down in um south, south chicago um so that's an actual like race car racetrack um and then over here wednesday nights is in gingerman there's they do it on a racetrack there and then down in waterford also has like a car racetrack and then m1 concourse like they'll do crits on those they're closed courses, but they'll do crits at those places too. So it's kind of cool in a different um, aspect. Okay. Is there anything that is worth sharing about? Well, let me say this. So I've only done one. I wouldn't even say competitive. I've only done one race and that was Zudamac. And uh, what this is for the listeners, it's, it's like a 51 mile road bike race and 51 miles is not that much. Uh, I mean, you see, overweight dads hopping on their their 
$200 Walmart bike riding with the family to do these, this 51 miles. And I, I think it takes like, I don't know, people take four or five hours to do it. It's, it's very, very casual. Um, when we did it, I mean, we were trying to get a workout out of it and it was very fun. Uh, but that's the extent of races that I have. So everything that you're telling me is, is new territory. Uh, is there anything worth sharing or worth knowing about these mountain bike races or gravel or road races that you're doing? Um, nutrition is key. Mindset is key. Like, I think, I think I guess people... just the, the length of the events or like how many mileages miles are you doing for each of them? Um, 200, I think the furthest I've gone is 210 miles and then like all the way, I think the shortest is like or the like longer stuff would probably be like a hundred miles. Okay. So like okay. If, if you're looking at the long, longer distance stuff. Okay. No, that's good to know. Uh, yeah. And maybe just to give, give the listeners a, uh, you were telling me before the call that at one point you were actually trying to do this professionally and that you have a nutrition nutritionist, a, a coach, um, and that might just be to shed some light on the fact that you are doing this so competitively that, um, I don't know, maybe that's interesting to the listeners, but can, can you kind of go into how you got to that level of competitiveness in this? Yeah. Um, so right before COVID like 2019, I was, I was really kind of getting back into like getting competitive and Michigan has a gravel race series. And so I really kind of dove into that. And then as I was like always somewhere on the podium, never like actually winning, I'm not much of a hill climber. So I'd always just like die on the Hills, but I have grit and I wouldn't give up. So I just always keep showing up and like consistency is key in anything. So over the years, like my power on the bike has just significantly increased um, as I've worked with my coach and trained toward like tailored trained towards the events that I'm like picking as my key events. Like we've been able to kind of target some good, some good strategy there. Um, so we, uh, so with that being said, we just kind of, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> No, I was just oh, sorry. Was it's been a long day. Of... I like just like I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I forgot. So I'm so sorry. Um, the question was, how did I was just asking how you got into the competitive scene, like what oh, that journey yeah, yeah. was like. Sorry, I just like, whew. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so we started with the gravel race series, and then kind of like transitioned into road racing because of my fiance, and then was really good at it because coming from mountain biking, I have really good cornering skills and kind of a, let's just, we can ride through it. And so as I was getting into crit racing, I noticed that I could gap the field in the corners where everybody else kind of struggles because coming off of COVID, everybody had a smart trainer and their indoor training, but they don't have the skills. So as I realized that I had good cornering skills and I had good power, that I was like, I could be good at this. So then it just kind of became getting the points to 
go through the USA Cycling category rank in order to get high enough to kind of get noticed. And the women's field isn't huge, so you show up and you get a notable result. Like, they're going to know who you are, and you do it again and again. Like, it doesn't go unnoticed. So then it was kind of like last year – 2022 I was like showed up to out of some out-of-state races and did pretty good and like I said cleaned up with some money so I was like you know let's target it next year like let's get our cat two license and like let's actually go after this and so that's what the spring started out super hot and heavy traveling trying to chase points trying to get that uh, uh, license upgrade and you were you were telling me about this a little bit but there's there's several different or what you start as cat five and you you travel around and enter all these races to try to reduce that down to i assume cat one is the best but you were aiming for cat two to be just below professional yeah so cat so once you get up to like cat two uh cat one it's just like it gets harder to get more points because the professional like now you're racing with the professional fields so the fields are slightly bigger because now you have incentivized racers or like people that are on teams. So to get notable results are, is a little bit harder. Um, so getting a cat too means that you can at least get up and race with the professional racers and kind of like see how you stack up with them and kind of try your hand at that. So like the skill level gets elevated significantly. So it's like kind of a, little fish in a big pond-esque, but um, it's definitely makes it a lot more exciting because the women know what they're doing and they've been doing it for years. Uh, and I guess, have you ever tried to go professional with all this? Not quite. I've always like kind of had it as like just an adjacent lofty dream of like, I want to do this. Um, and we definitely were on that trajectory last year, but then, um, some of my friends are like, we want to do the long stuff again. And like, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to win. Like, that's what, that's what my goals were was to like go after some of the ultra distance, like win the event for the women. And so we, we are trying to handle both events, like an hour long intensity and then 200 miles at 13 hours, 15 hours whatever that is. And, um, at some point there's a breaking point and it doesn't work. So we, we ended up abandoning ship on the crate racing and then went to the ultras. Okay. It, yeah, so this is all great. This is all great context. Uh, is there any, so you're doing mostly ultras right now and, and what categorizes something as an ultra, anything over 10 hours or something like that? I, you know, I really, I kind of had this question this fall. Cause I was like, um, there's the lifetime grand prix series, which is like, um, the major like gravel race series for professionals in the U S right now. And they're doing anywhere from 200 to a hundred mile races and like, you know, eight to 10 hours. And I'm like, a 200 mile race sounds like an ultra to me. Like, um, but I don't know, like I would say like once you're dabbling over 150 miles, that kind of gets you into like ultra territory. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really sure what those, the, the powers that be would is. call. Yeah. Okay. And then is there, is there any, I want to dive into, 
some races. I know you mentioned this Margie Margie Jesik. I don't even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Margie uh, Jesik. And that's one up in the UP, I think. Yeah, out of Marquette. Yeah, so tell tell us about how, why you decided to do this race, what the race is, uh, and then I kind of want to dive into, you know, what it was like completing that event. Yeah, so <laughs> the Margie Jessic is about 100 to 115 mile uh, mountain bike race in Marquette, Michigan, and it goes from North Trails down to South Trails, and then it goes out to Nagani from South Trails, Nagani to Ishpeming, Ishpeming back to Nagani. No, wait. Yeah. And then back, you finish in Ishpeming. I'm just trying to think you go over, back, and then, yeah. Um, so <laughs> it took 22 hours to finish when I finally finished it, but I failed twice prior to that. And the reason I like want start, like even thought about it or signed up for it is like, I had seen it as like dubbed the hardest mountain bike race and it's in Michigan. It's like, I feel like you got to do it. You got to try it. Like how hard can it be? And hardest in the world, hardest in the U S who, who's, I, you this? know, everybody's heart is different, but it's definitely like one of the hardest ones. Like there's been some professional racers, mountain bike racers that have been like, this is no joke because whether you're doing it in 10 hours or you're doing it in 22 hours, like everybody's heart is different, but it's definitely like difficult because rocks aren't forgiving. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of, I got started in wanting to do this race to kind of stick it to an X and just be like, I can do this. I can do this better than you can. And like, I'm going to finish it. And I, I have finished it and he hasn't. So still makes me feel pretty good. Um, <laughs> but it was just one of those things that it's just like, and then once you get started, like if you don't finish it, like you, yeah, you may have, like, you have to text a number that's on the back of your number plate and you have to text them like you're a quitter, like hashtag quitter, like, which is one of the most demoralizing things like you ever have to do. Like there's like calling the race director and like quitting, but then there's like texting somebody that you're a quitter. You're just like, it, it brings a whole new level to it. And then um, also mind you, like this race like sells out in like, 10 or 30 seconds like it crashes the registration website every year so it's like it's a very wanted race to get into so i did it my first year in 2019 and i made it 50 miles and i i just such a rookie mistake failed my nutrition i didn't eat enough food in the morning i was emptying the gas tank when it wasn't even full to start with and i was just like it was terrible so i quit oh i like made it out of south trails which i had like ridden the day before and so i had kind of known sorry so i had kind of known some of the trails a little bit and so i i got it's called like a goat trail so it's like cut into the side of a hill and you're riding along and i just like fell over and like into a bunch of rocks my bike went further down the hill than i did and i was just like i'm done 
I called my, it was my fiance, but he was my boyfriend at the time. And I called him and I was just crying. I was just like, I can't do this. And he's like, it's fine if you have to quit. I was like, okay. And then like, after like it sets in, like all the pain and the bruises and you see everything and you're just like, that really hurts. Like, and I'm in a lot of pain, but I was just like, it was the right decision, but you still have this shame feeling of like, I could have done it, but it's like, could I have? So then signed up for 2020 and then that didn't happen. Um, so my Wait, reds, that one actually just get canceled then? It, it did. I believe okay. so. Okay. Yep. So then they sent out like postcards and like, so like part of the premise of the race is you have to get tokens along the course and you can't, you were not officially considered a, a, like a finisher unless you present all your tokens at the finish. And if you don't have them, then you like get a DNF, like you get disqualified. So it's like, there's different aspects to the race too. And like, that's one of the things is like, you have to be able to like, make sure you don't lose them. Um, So we got a token in 2020 of like, uh, find your limits or something like that. So then 2021 comes around and I like ate a huge breakfast. I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm going to eat all the oatmeal. Like we're going to get through this. And there's prominent like points on the, like on the route. So it's like mile 50 is South trails, 65, you get to Jackson mine park in um, Nagani. And then mile 90, you come back to Jackson park mine. And then the last 15 miles are like the longest, hardest things you'll ever find. And so like, those are like kind of the most notorious of like, if you make it to these points, like you're good. So I made it to mile 90 at 15 hours uh, in 2021. And I was just like, could barely hold my head up because like the neck fatigue was terrible. My, I had a light on my helmet, which was adding to my neck issues. I could barely see. And it was just like, so I quit. And, <laughs> and then my I was gosh, just like, it sounds so brutal. Yeah. And then I was like third times the charm third year. And one of my friends and I, I swear he knew, but one of my friends, um, the owner of the bike shop that I raced for, um, amazing friend of mine, he's like, I'm going to help you finish. And I was like, are you sure? Like we're getting into like, um, the beginning of August is late as transfer season. Like you can transfer in or transfer out to get a right, uh, registration. Um, so it sells out in 30 minute, 30 seconds to a minute. And then once it like, as life happens and you get closer to the event, so it registration opened October 13th and the event is next September. So like, as the year goes through people like, Oh, like, you know, I registered, can't make it this, that got injured, whatever. So I was like, sorry, cats are wild. Um, so he was just like, um, yeah, I'll do this with you. I'll, I'll help you out. Third time's the charm. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like, do you know what you're getting into? And I'm like telling him all these horror stories of like what I had gone through, like the years before I was just like, there's this and there's that. And I was like, are you sure? Like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to do? What are we going to like, how are we going to do lights and all this stuff? And he's like, yeah, let's do this. And I was like, I'm pretty sure like he knew that my fiance was like, proposing I, I he he says to this day that he had no idea but i'm just like i had a feeling 
that like he knew something was happening, which is why I had to get to the finish. And I was just like, like this weird. And I asked him when we were like, when we were like in the midst of the dark, I was like, is Jeff proposing to me? And he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I, I just wanted to think about anything else other than like being miserable right now. So just like, give me something. And he's just like, I'm, he's like, he, he hasn't said anything to me. And I was like, okay. So before we even get to the finish, we start off and he's like having a blast. It rained the night before. And my friend is just like having a blast. And I'm like, I'm dying. The rocks are slippery. Like my bike is slipping around. Like I'm super timid because like, I don't want to slide off on some rocks, let alone walking. Like, I just know. So I was just like, can I ride in front of you? And he's like, yeah. And he could tell I was kind of like, having a moment and I was just like so I so I rode in front of him and like because I paced like he was pacing us so then I was like I'm pacing us for a while and we're just gonna go at my rate so then we get into south trails and kind of refuel so like I'm not sure how familiar you are with like Marquette area but like Rippling River and Mount Marquette there um is south trails um the trailhead so we leave there and it's there's a gnarly like rock like descent and we we walked on it because like the motto for the day was just like better safe than sorry like you know better take it easy because you don't want to like try to like think you can make a feature or something and then like you end up just like crashing and then we get down the descent and just a little while later i just see him flip over his handlebars and lands on his back cracks his helmet loses his uh bike computer and like we're nine miles from like seeing my family again so like seeing my parents and my fiance and I was just like he collects himself and I was like I just remember watching it and it's like sharp rocks and I was just like holy cow and it was just wild and he he gets up kind of shakes it off and he's just like oh I cracked my helmet no I think he had, yeah, he had realized he cracked his helmet and then kind of was just like, okay, well he had another helmet at the, at the vehicle. So we made it back to there, but like he was just in so much pain and like kind of hindsight afterwards. We're like, I'm pretty sure you had a concussion. Cause like the emotional toll after that, it was just like a roller coaster of like super highs and lows. Like, I mean, the event regardless was going to give us highs and lows, but it was just like, they were like more exaggerated. And so we get you back rode, to my, You yeah. were, uh, you rode your vehicle. Does that mean that someone's just kind of driving along to yeah, so we had, you and um, stuff and. Yep. So the first year I did it, some friends of mine had done the race and they had like, they're like, there are these checkpoints. Like, well, there's not checkpoints, but like there's these points of intersection. And so I had a Garmin, um, I made a Garmin map and then I put like points where um, my fiance and parents could go to. And like, you can see us here. We need aid here, like food and nutrition here and kind of like map this all out. So they had like points of which to meet us at. But, like, the one from uh, Marquette Mountain, like, you go around the campground in Marquette Mountain. So, it was, like, 10 miles, which, like, on a good day would probably be, like, about an hour or so around there. But it took us, I think, almost two hours to get around there um, because he had to backtrack to go get his bike computer because he realized he lost that. And then, like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then we had to, we waited for some friends that were behind us for some ibuprofen because he was just in so much pain. And then we got to the, we got to my parents and he just fell apart and it was like, but he's like, no, he's like, I just need some time. And then we're, we'll keep going. Like, we'll, we'll just keep at this. And I'm like, okay. So we make it to Nagani and we, we kind of rally. One of our friends was doing the duathlon. So you do the first 65 miles on the bike and then you switch to running the last 35 miles, which there's a lot of hike a bike there. So it's like, oh, that's almost easier. And he, he ended up quitting and he was, uh, he was in rough shape. So my friend went over there and was just like trying to like perk him up. Like, Hey, come crew with Jeff and like, you know, hang out with us for a little bit. We'll hang out with Jeff while he goes around and crews with us. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. So, and I was just eating like Culver's like cold chicken tenders while that was going on. I was like, this is great. He didn't eat anything. And then we started to pay for that later. But when you leave, Nagani like there's this trail and it overlooked this area and I just remember we, he's like wow let's like let's take a picture like he's very much the one that's like remembers to take the pictures I'm like okay cool like yeah I was like you see that ski hill over there <laughs> he's like yeah I was like that's called suicide hill we'll be there later tonight or tomorrow morning whatever you know <laughs> like he's like you got to be kidding me. I was like, no, not at all. And then like, right as we kind of like looked away, we looked down and then there was like this headstone of like somebody that died. And we're just like, okay, let's keep going. (laughs) This is winders up, go forward. Yeah. And it was just like getting to be sunset. So it was just like, oh no. And like, we had to get all our lights on the bike at that point. So it was just like, holy cow. And then how we long kinda, have you been riding at this point? Because I've done a handful of, I've done a handful of mountain biking night rides where you just go out there for an hour, hour and a half, and I sw- I feel like every time my head, my helmet and or handlebar lights are dying by the time that's over. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was like about an eight thirty sunset at that point of the year. So it's like mid September. So maybe eight thirty, eight o'clock or something like that, maybe. And you we had hmm? what time did you start riding? Uh seven in the morning. Okay. So it's been twelve hours. It took you twenty two hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh he got us and he knew I was afraid of the dark. So yeah, that doesn't help things. Like, so I'm like scared of the dark. Like look forward, because like when you're out biking and with lights, like you look backwards, it's just dark. It's scary. So I'm just like, he knew I was afraid of lights. So we had two handlebar lights and then a light that had a battery pack for our helmet. So then the battery pack was in our like camel packs. And then, um, we, so we we lit everything up. You could see for days between the two of us. So that was really nice. And, um, they did start to die towards the end. So I think we had like, six or seven hours of running time running light time and then they started to die and then we were like i think he actually didn't have any lights coming through the finish um but yeah so so we like we had a pretty good time from the time we went from nagani back to nagani and then we started uh i messed up the checkpoints at the end so 
<laughs> Once we left Nagani at like mile 90, the next time we saw my fiance or boyfriend at that time was three miles, which took us a half an hour or an hour or something. Like it was just ridiculous. It took us so long. And then we didn't, we weren't seeing him again until like a half a mile from the finish, a mile from the finish. And I was just like, I really messed up. And like at that point, like we weren't grabbing food and we like forgot. And then, so my friend like started to die on the side of the trail. He's like, I just like, we, we were asking people that were going by us. We're like, do you have some food to spare? Like, can you like, do you have anything? And I was like, all I've got is like, cause calories become really important. So like whatever right. you've got, you're like, how many calories does that have? I had like this, like 60 calorie, like fruit leather thing. And I'm like, that's not doing anything for anybody at this point. So I was just like, you can eat this, but that's all we got. <laughs> like, so we uh we got some nice trail angels gave us some food and so he rallied and i just remember we got to we got to suicide hill and he's just like i gotta walk up this and i'm like okay that's fine and you know about thimbleberries right no no i don't, you don't know what a thimbleberry is i know it's a thing okay but- so so we were like walking up Suicide Hill and I was like, oh my gosh, you see that plant over there? I was like, that is a thimbleberry plant. <laughs> they're not in like they're not um in season at that time of the year. But I'm just like, anything to distract us from the list of misery. Cause like as you're walking up the hill, like you see the bottom of the ski lift, which just like still looks like it's going like this, even though it like mm-hmm. kind of shoots up a little bit. I was like, oh look, there's the ski. <laughs> there's the ski jump and he's like no way and i was like yeah so i'm like using my helmet to like shine all over the place and i was like see look at it i was like we got to go to the top still he's like no way and i was like well let me tell you about thimbleberries so then he got like a thimbleberry lesson at like i don't know two three in the morning we ended up finishing about five in the morning ish five no four four ish in the morning so then (laughs) We uh we got to the top there and then it was just quite the like I, I can't even really tell you what happened after that until we saw food again. We saw my fiance or boyfriend at the time, um, right before the finish. We had one more hill to go up called Jasper's Knob in uh Ishpeming. And I was just like, okay, let's just we're, we were starving at that point and we had soft pretzels and Coke. And I was like, it's four in the morning. I was like, I'm not sleeping on. I also like now it's Sunday morning and I had to be to work on Monday. Like we were heading home later that day too. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, Oh my God. So we like ate a bunch of food, go up Jasper's knob. And then like, we make it to the finish. And I was just like, okay, tokens, where are our tokens? So we finally get our tokens and get checked off and you get a green dot and you get to become a finisher. So I was like, this is awesome. And then he's like, oh, let's go get a picture by the finish like banner over the finish line. I was like, okay. And I'm like in this like half delirious, like, hey, I'm trying to smile. Like, I can't believe I want to cry. And then like my fiance like kind of turns around and like is right there. And I'm like, I knew it. um so yeah and then he proposed and but he didn't he never really asked he was just kind of there with a ring on the ground and i was like 
what you have something to ask no you, you probably asked but you were so delusional that you didn't hear it yeah and that, and that was he was so stressed out yeah there's a there's a like a margie talk page um on facebook and that was like the picture got posted a few times on there and um some of the people were just like oh yeah <laughs> do you even know what you were like committing to and i'm like oh yeah i did i at least knew that much guys so yeah that one that was a lot that was the longest i've ever been out on a bike i think prior to that was 15 hours um and very much in my like naive training so in 2020 2019 i didn't have a coach and i was like i'm just gonna do these long races and that's how like i'm gonna train for margie and it was just like the longest race i'd done at that point was 15 hours and i like didn't even make it five eight hours into margie that year and then i was just like oh no like i don't know what i'm doing at all i don't know how to like eat nutrition any of that stuff so then i kind of like you start diving into those little holes of like okay if i do this then i'll get better at this and then like that's kind of like how the whole thing is just like evolved is like just a weird evolution of just trying to like get better at getting older i guess um so that's kind of like a fun way to stay active to stay to like not necessarily like become my parents i guess it's like a gentle way of saying that but just enjoying the process and kind of everything that goes into it that's that's nuts i, I kind of want to pry on that that race a little bit but one one story came to mind while you were telling it about how he busted his helmet um i was snowmobiling up at tech one time and i was out with tim i don't know if you remember tim mm -hmm. yeah but I had this just $500 snowmobile that I bought when I knew I was going up there and I beat the hell out of it. And there was just so many trails cause it's in that snow belt. Yeah. College. Um, and there was one point where we were going kind of up, up these hills, down these hills, up these hills, down these hills. And, uh, you know, we're ripping over the top and ripping down to the bottom. And, uh, I remember me sending it over the top, having a pretty soft landing. Well, Tim had a much nicer sled than I did, so he could really, you know, kind of crank on it up up those hills. Mm -hmm. And he jumps over the hills and pretty much lands in the valley of the hill. Oof. And so his sled stops right where he lands, and his head bounces off the handlebars. And uh, I don't know if I think I had to turn around because I was ahead of him, or yeah. So, anyways, I, I get back to him, and I'm like, "What happened, man?" Like, oh yeah, I bounced off the handlebars and he took his helmet off and the whole thing had a giant crack in it. And oh, wow. uh, I was immediately at the time, because I was a broke college student, I was thinking, <laughs> oh my God, I just bought this helmet and it cost me 200 to $250. I would be so pissed if if that happened to me because all yeah. is money at the time. And he said to me, he's like, well, you know, that's what it's made for. And it probably, you know, saved my life or something oh and, for uh, sure i don't i don't know him saying that kind of stuck with me because he's absolutely right oh yeah um, and he was he was crazy enough he's like all right well town's up here i'm just gonna hop on the trail i'm gonna ride back into town with my broken helmet buy a new buy a new one and i'll meet you get guys back out here and right. he did I, he like located us and we rode for the rest of the night but 
I don't know. That just cracked me up. Um, yeah, it's definitely like I've crashed a few times in like crit racing, and it's definitely like one of the things that like you kind of like you check like because I don't know. I close my eyes when I crash because I'm just like ah, tuck and roll. Cr close my eyes, tuck and roll, and that's like one of the things like is like you um, you check your helmet just to see does it does it have scratches on it like whatever is going on and um one of the crit races i did not to like divert from margie but like one of the crit races i did i ended up going to the er right afterwards because i flew over the handlebars and i remember when i was there i was telling them what happened and <laughs> i got categorized as a trauma so I, it was like a level two trauma or something and i remember sitting there and i was like I felt pretty okay. I just like impaled my side with my elbow as I like tucked and rolled. So I was like having a hard time breathing and I was just like, I don't know what happened. I was trying, like it took a little bit to like kind of like piece everything together. I saw some videos of the like crash and I was like, oh, like I didn't hit my head, but I definitely like pushed off of the cement and like tucked and rolled and it just impaled my arm against my side. And but like i just remember being there and they're like yeah because you went over your handlebars on your bike you're categorized as like a trauma and i was just like okay i think this is a little extreme <laughs> we're going a little too far here but like okay I, I get it like but it was just one of those things that i was just like kind of puts in perspective like crashing and like just making sure you're okay I know myself when that happens to me, when I have any fall, I'm so timid and it just takes me forever to forget about that. Um, I mean, I feel like kids, right? They're invincible because they don't have any experiences to yeah. hold them back for anything. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned at the, the start of this, that that race is actually a part of a series. Can you, can you tell me about, um, you know, how many races are in that and what each of those are? Yeah, so there's um, three. It's called the 906 Adventure Team that puts on the races. Um, and there's three races. There's Margie Jessic, which is the 100-mile mountain bike race. Um, and it's, of the three, it's touted as the hardest. Um, there is, and I'm not sure if I know the distance correctly. I think it's 30-some miles. But it's a fat bike race in February. Um, and that one's interesting because you never know what the weather is going to be like. And especially in Marquette, like most people are driving in to it. So they're like coming from Minnesota, lower Michigan. They are, they have no idea. Like you're going to sign up and it is what it is when you get up there. Um, so we did that one this last February. Um, and then there, maybe it's January, February, January. Um, and then there's the crusher, which is a gravel adventure race. Um, that they put on out of Munising and that <laughs> it's advertised as 175 miles, <laughs> but the route was a, uh, 200 miles, uh, this year. And that one, like, so each, I, I don't think for the fat bike race, you had to do like checkpoints or anything. So Margie has tokens you have to collect. And then the crusher, you have to take pictures at checkpoints so there's like some waterfalls some logs that were strategically put on the trail um uh, lake inland the like sculpture park there um along 28 between munising and marquette 
that like you come into the backside of that so like you have to get pictures for that one uh in order to be, con be considered a finisher and then if you do all three of them then you get to be part of like the hall of pain and then this year or this 2024 in october i think is like the first like special event that they're going to do in regards to that so, oh, so you qualify for all three and then you can actually do the yeah, it was supposed to be like some top secret event, but there's no such thing as secret <laughs> secrets anymore with the internet. So it's just kind of an event you get to to help fund. And like the adventure, the 906 adventure team is for, it's a children's like adventure club team. And they not necessarily get kids in competitively into biking, but get them into wanting to get outside and in biking and you know doing mountain bike stuff and kind of just getting them off the couch um so they've grown in the last few years to several communities that i think there's one in lansing now or something but usually it used to be just in like the up but now they're minnesota i think wisconsin lower michigan so it's 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 a tough mentality that the race director has. He really kind of is just like, oh, if you want to quit, you're going to quit. Like, you know, I don't care if you don't want to do my event. I don't care if you don't enjoy it. But, you know, I'm here to push you. If you want to get pushed, I'm going to push you. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna try to break you, and then you're going to show me what you're made of kind of thing. And it's like, you know, it's such a good mentality to put into people, I think, because they've lost sight of it. And it's I had a coach growing up um that had very much like she's like i knew what you were capable of and like you may not know it but i know what you're capable of and i'm going to push you to that so um it resonates with me which is why i kind of really enjoyed doing the events um but it's a great cause to support as well so it's like you know it's not just like a money grab like there's no prizes there's no podiums there's like the winner gets a dollar so it's not like it's 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 not it's nothing like super like oh my god but it's definitely one of those things that is like if people like we, we showed up to the lacrosse omnium road race our host family was like i was wearing a margie jessic shirt and he's like you did margie and i was like yes you know about this like we're in wisconsin we're like on the minnesota border and he's like yeah i've done it like two or three times and i was like you're my hero i haven't uh no i had finished it i was like i just finished it for the first time so it's it's, it's got a reputation yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it, but that's that's wild. I like that it's in Michigan too. Michigan, yeah. uh, Michigan has some pretty solid mountain biking throughout all of the state. But I don't know. We went out to Arizona, and they're kind of not Arizona, um, Arkansas. Uh, oh, they're kind yeah, of a mountain bike mecca. Yeah, we did actually. Um, I got to go ride there just for a few hours, and it was very cool what they built up. Oh um, yeah. The same yeah, company the, that has built Bentonville did a lot of the Copper Harbor trails too. It's the same company. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this we recorded with uh, my buddy who lives out there now, and he took me mountain biking out there. So I'll have to I'll just share this one with him. Um, yeah. If you if you get a chance, just check out Margie Jessic's website and watch their YouTube video that they have embedded. It's pretty cool. Kind of gets you pumped up, and you're like, "I want to do this," but then you're just like, "Ah, just kidding." <laughs> that's that's what talking to everyone in in this show has done. Like you're telling me about it, it's like that sounds awesome, but I'd get my ass kicked. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things that it's like, I I did it and I finished it, and I was like, now we're like looking to go give back because there's 
we call in the community it's called trail angels so there's just there's people from the community from marquette community the bike community that just show up and they had just random aid stations like there's there was one um it was a grilled cheese station just in the random like snowmobile trail between south trails and ishpeming or nagani and i'm just like it's the best thing ever or like you just sh like people are along there and they're like what do you need do you need anything you need help you you need candy you need this that or the other thing and they just have everything and you're just like oh my god like so it's one of those things that i was like next year i'm gonna do the 50 mile so like the shorter one and then like go back and i have some friends doing the event and like crew for them and just kind of give back to the other participants as well because it's just it's such a great event i love that you said that you said that they only give away a dollar to the winner yeah um, which which i mean that alone tells you that people are literally doing it to just kind of you know buy the t-shirt tell the people tell everyone they've done it it's it's a huge yeah. accomplishment um i was gonna actually ask if it was a competitive thing and it sounds like they do rank people but it's not really about that yeah not not really like i mean like your finish time is kind of like yeah you'd want to go for it like no woman has ever like if you get under a 12 hour finish time then you get a buckle it's a handmade buckle from a blacksmith up there so that's pretty cool um and no woman has ever gotten under 12 hours so it's like that's kind of like the thing is like i think there was one woman that got kind of close she was like just over 13 hours or she was 12 hours in 40 minutes i think is the number that sticks in my head so like there's some prestige in some aspects of it but it's not like oh i got first place podium or something like that like it's it's like different right. if that makes sense I can't even you did it in 22 and there's people doing it in 12 that's that's yeah <laughs> that's bonkers uh i don't know and you brought up a, a point where the first time you did it you were so fatigued just from the extra weight off of your helmet and your mm -hmm. headlamp i mean that's that's something i wouldn't even consider but i'm sure every little tweak and tear and turn wears on you when you're doing something like that oh yeah um, you you mentioned a lot in this talk about nutrition and i mean we mentioned earlier you have you have a coach is there like what are what are the, some of the things that they've taught you and what are you kind of doing nutrition wise to get through these events um it's kind of evolved over the years like there's some things that i still do that i was doing in 2019 that I've like stuck with. I've done anywhere from like nutrition wise. Like I always try to have some sort of solid food. I remember the first year I did it. Um, Jeff, uh, my fiance was like, yeah, I went and got Jimmy John's. And I was just like, remember being like, you had real food. Like I was just drinking, like I had liquid goose and I had like, um, calories in my water bottles. And I was just like, I just remembered like him telling me that. And I was just like, you're kidding me like you had real food i was like he's like oh yeah it was great. <laughs> it was great and i was just like oh that's so so like after that it was like 2021 i had pulver's chicken tenders which like you don't realize how salty they are until like you really like, need the salt and then it was just like those were pretty delicious so that's what i did last year as well and i even ate cold chicken tenders <laughs> and um but like there's a place over by us that does really good soft pretzels so um 
from my very first like ultra long distance race or eight hour race that I did, I got soft pretzels from them. And I was just like, eat a little bit of it's like because it's kind of hard to eat and breathe and ride your bike all at the same time like it sounds funny but it's like it like you're still trying to like you're you're putting in hard efforts and still trying to chew um but those are like break it down this year i kind of switched to rice crispy treats uh they're a lot easier to eat um because i would do like if we stopped at a gas station or something i'd get like a payday but it's still kind of pretty dense but i switched one of our friends was like oh yeah rice crispy treats or um uncrustables uh like if they're frozen then he just puts them in the back his back pocket and then like it just unthaws as he rides and i was just like there's just something about that i know it's in a package but i just like kind of can't get behind that one so we started doing uh rice crispy treats because they're like i mean even homemade ones are super cheap to make um and that's kind of the name of the game is like there's there's a cost to food value and like obviously everything's gone up and it's like i don't want to pay for like your brand name sports nutrition if i don't have to or just reserve it for race day so but you're still going out and doing like four or five six hour trainer rides like training rides on the weekends whether it's the summer or like the winter doing three hours or so so like you still have to fuel for those rides so it's like okay liquid nutrition we'll pay for year round um from one of the teams that i'm on and then like in regards to like training rides long distance and stuff we'll try to like we do like fig bars and stuff like that um always kind of start with oatmeal for breakfast because uh it lasts pretty long like you metabolize it um fairly slow so and then kind of follow up with rice crispy treats like i said we've gone to and then for race days coke is always a good refresher but the thing with caffeine is once you start taking it you have to keep taking it otherwise you will crash um i used to do gummy bears but i don't have like a control (laughs) so i would just eat the shit out of gummy bears and then i'd be like i'd crash and i would be like oh no but i was like oh my gosh those tasted so good (laughs) so i've i've gotten away from gummy bears um but yeah, fig bars, uh, chewy, uh, the Kodiak cake, chewy bars. Those are like my new favorite thing. Pretty much like anything Kodiak cake. Um, uh, their pancakes and whatnot. Like, absolutely love them. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but I just love all their stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, after a while, you kind of learn the calorie counts and kind of what everything is. And then it's just, easy math at that point but you want to shoot for like 300 calories every hour and then it's just kind of like okay well what's going to get me there that's wild especially if you're doing a 10-hour ride yeah a lot of food yeah you got to stay ahead of it otherwise you'll just run run the temp the tank dry Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look into that event some more that sounds insane you pulled up a map earlier um do you still have that next to you? I do. So that's the elevation map of the race. Oh, okay. So it's over 10,000 feet of climbing, or I guess this one says 12,000. This was this was sent out for uh, the 2020 COVID year. So they're like, hey, don't forget about next year. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how could I? And since we just moved, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I have, like, this is a picture from 2021. 
um, over one of the bridges that one of the photographers took. So I like had it. So I had this up there and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Just they do a lot of good like merch. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that after this episode. Um, I mean, I think we covered everything that I wanted to go through. Is there anything else you want to share before we close up? Bike racing is fun. <laughs> it's challenging, but it's definitely a lot of fun. I think the community is like really welcoming and definitely whatever you want to do, like it's fun to get even your kids into. I got my nephew's striders when they were two. So like it's fun. Is the strider the basket that pulls behind? No, it's just like a balance bike. So it's just oh, two okay. wheels and they just kind of we straddle it. We have um, one of those, but our kids have not used it as much as we'd like. Um, I think they're still a little young, but but they're getting there. Yeah, my youngest um, nephew, is he's on the smaller side, and he definitely wasn't able at two years old to use it as well as his brother. But okay. yeah. I think the other, maybe the last thing we'll say is, uh, um, biking, right? You just, mm -hmm. you buy the bike and that's your big expense. Especially, I mean, honestly with any of them, right? Mm -hmm. You can go buy a $200 bike from Walmart and get started because all the trails, all the roads, all that stuff is free unless you're mm -hmm. getting into comp competitions or you have to pay to enter. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you get into snowboarding, you have to pay all this money and gear, and then you have to pay all this money every single year to go hit up the different hills. But yeah, mountain biking is is it is one of the perfect sports in my opinion because it's got that thrill element. You're you're getting good exercise, um, you know, endurance. You're using a lot of your muscles, and it is pretty inexpensive once you have that bike. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I need to ride more around here, but we have a we have a uh, mountain bike trail that's like five minutes away that I, I tend to go to a decent amount. Which one's up? Uh, oh God, gross. <laughs> what is it? Groveland Oaks, I think is what it is. Okay. It's it's just some no-name one, but it's it's right up the road. Um, yeah, because you guys are a little bit further away from like Ann Arbor-ish area, right? Or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's um, some pretty... There, but... There's like um, DTE is a pretty big one that just got built. And then um, Potawatomi. Those, are, those ones are a lot of fun over that on way. DTE, I have not done Potawatomi. Okay. So there was a summer where we went every Wednesday or something. We would mm -hmm. go to a different one around Royal Oak. And yeah, it took us to a lot of places. Nice. Well, cool. Uh, thank you so much for having on. Ha yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you for listening to the High Quality Fun Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this show, please give us a follow. And if you have a good story or just want to say hi, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or YouTube.